Hey, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We're excited to be together in whatever capacity we can. Uh, thanks for tuning in and spending this time with us. We are excited to dig into scripture together this morning. Before we get started, we wanted to just give you a little bit of an update. We are, again, so excited to announce that we are in the process of purchasing a facility. Um, this is after two years of prayer and searching and um, God is just opening up some doors. And so we're really excited to walk through those doors and see what the future holds. A lot of you um, know about this building. A lot of you have seen pictures of this building. If you haven't and you um, would like to, we would love to share this facility with you. So please reach out to us. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty exciting thing that we, we want to share with you. Yeah, we can't wait. And speaking of exciting things in life, have you ever had one of those moments in life, um, an experience, an event that just changed everything? The course of the future would be different because of this moment. The day I met experience. him. Right. Yeah. That's what that's what I was thinking. Changed everything. <laughs> For good and bad, I'm sure. So um, I remember when our first child, Alyssa, was born and, um, you know, all the excitement, anticipation and challenge of nine months of pregnancy. And finally, our daughter was born and we spent a few days at the hospital and those were exciting and challenging times. But I remember uh, the moment we got down to our car, we had been released from the hospital, Sarah sitting in the back seat mm -hmm. with our newborn baby uh, strapped into a car seat for the first time in her mm -hmm. life. Um, and I remember starting up the car and I remember sitting there for maybe a couple mm -hmm. minutes. I, I was, asked, is everything okay? <laughs> I was terrified to put that car in reverse and back out of that parking spot and to move forward with this new responsibility. Uh, that moment, that experience had changed everything that would come in life. And it's been a beautiful journey. And today we're going to look at one of those revolutionary, life-changing, world-changing moments in the story of God. So last week we started a series on the book of Acts and the book of Acts describes the beginning of the church. And, and like Micah said, today in Acts chapter two, it's going to be one of those events that changes everything. And Acts two describes the coming of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And really, as we're going to see today and as we're going to see throughout the book of Acts, the book of Acts is, is much more about what the Holy Spirit does through the church mm -hmm. than what the church does on its own. So we're excited to dive in today. I want to read just the first few verses as we start off Acts chapter two, starting in verse one. This is what it says. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered together in one place. And that's all the disciples. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Talk about a life-changing event. This is certainly one of those. The disciples are all gathered together for Pentecost. And Pentecost... The word means 50th. And so it's 50 days. It's a celebration 50 days after Passover. And in the Old Testament, this celebration was called the Festival of Weeks. 
And it was one of the major harvest festivals that the Jews celebrated. And many Jews throughout the world um, took a pilgrimage and went to Jerusalem. So it was the time of year where Jerusalem was just packed full of people. And the Jews had had their celebration in which they thanked God for all his provisions. And here are the disciples waiting for the Holy Spirit. And this Holy Spirit comes at this time when Jerusalem is just filled with people. Yeah, and this remarkable moment is described as a wind, a violent wind, a strong wind comes through the place um, and it's associated with fire. And these are both really relevant ideas in the history of Israel and um, and their partnership with God. Um, throughout Scripture, the Old Testament and New, the, the words in the Greek and the Hebrew used for the Holy Spirit can also be translated as breath or wind. And so they experience this wind or the breath of God blowing mm-hmm. into this place. Uh, they, they see these tongues of fire they're described as, but as an Israelite person, this would harken back to, they would remember the story of um, the Exodus, that God had freed their people from Egypt. And as they're traveling, they were guided by night by these pillars of fire. And here they are celebrating 50 days after Passover, mm-hmm. where they remember this Exodus from the their slavery in Egypt. They are experiencing in this moment this wind, the spirit of God, the breath of God blowing over this place. And they begin to see these pillars of fire guiding them into the next step in the journey of God's work. And as the Holy Spirit comes with the sound of of this wind and with these tongues of fire, it draws a huge crowd. So it was it was audible and it was also visible, a huge crowd, this Tons of people are in Jerusalem. They come together to see what has happened. Now, the audience is primarily Jewish. Now, these are Jews who have come from many different nations. So the Jews had been dispersed. And so Jews of, of from different countries, Jews of different backgrounds, of different languages, but they still had the Jewish heritage. And so they came from modern day um, Iran and the Middle East and Turkey and North Africa. And as the, the crowd gathers, they hear the disciples speaking and they're speaking of the wonders of God. And they're hearing the disciples speak in their own language. So the Holy Spirit has enabled the disciples to speak in different languages. And two things really stand out to me about this portion of of the text one is the message as the holy spirit is poured out over the believers their message is one of praise they want to praise god and speak of his wonders and then the other thing that really stands out to me is how the holy spirit enabled unity within diversity and what i mean by that you know they could have the holy spirit could have just made it so everyone understood the same language But instead, in this moment, each person heard the same message of the wonders of God in their distinct languages. And it's this beautiful depiction of of, of the kingdom of God as a unified and yet diverse kingdom. Yeah. 
So it is beautiful. Uh, it's also confusing. <laughs> Imagine what people are thinking and wondering in this moment. I don't know what your uh, favorite conspiracy theory is, <laughs> but it turns out there was some running around the audience in this moment. Some of the people start wondering, are these guys just drunk? Like, What's <laughs> happening in this moment? So Peter gets up to address the crowds, to begin to describe what is happening in this moment, this monumental moment. And he begins with the argument, um, they are not drunk, it's only nine <laughs> in the morning. Now, Peter, this argument is not bulletproof, uh, however, it was good enough. And he moves on to begin to preach uh, what is the first sermon recorded in the book of Acts and the first sermon mm -hmm. preached to the beginning church. Here in the story of Acts. And Peter's purpose is to explain what is happening right now in this moment. Clearly, there is something big happening, something supernatural, some, something miraculous happening that people are recognizing. And so Peter goes to Joel 2, which is a prophecy. A prophecy. And in Joel, the prophecy says, um, in the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. Your old men will dream dreams. Peter's saying, hey, this is what's happening right now. God is pouring out his Holy Spirit on all people, our, our sons, our daughters, men and women, the young and the old. God is pouring out his spirit and the Holy Spirit will lead his people into a new era. Yeah, so he describes this new era that is coming about. And then he kind of backs up and he says, these are the foundations of faith that the church will be built upon. Jesus, he walked amongst you. He performed mm -hmm. miracles, wonders, and signs, but you handed him over. He was put to death, but God raised him from the dead. And he says, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. It's beautiful language. And then Peter goes on to describe one of David's psalms. Um, and David wrote a, a, about, um, I will, you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your holy ones see decay. And as Peter brings up this statement of David, uh, it kind of has a parallel meaning. It speaks of David who has new hope found in Jesus, that he will not rot away, that he has, he will have eternal life, but also of this story of Jesus who was crucified on a cross, but God raised him from the dead. Mm -hmm. He would not experience decay. Um, and today we begin to see the continuation of the story of what Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit would be doing in the world. So Peter's saying Jesus is resurrected and we are witnesses of that. Peter said, um, God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are witnesses of that. We, we talked about being witnesses of the resurrected Jesus last week. And here Peter is saying, we've seen the Messiah. We've seen the resurrected Lord, and his resurrection is very much tied to the events happening today because Jesus is pouring out the Holy Spirit on us today. Yeah. Jesus, who has been exalted to the right hand of God, has received the Holy Spirit, Peter says, and mm -hmm. he is now pouring it out on all of humanity that all would have access to God dwelling personally within them. Mm -hmm. Peter's conclusion to his sermon, he says, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, Lord and Messiah. That, that's the conclusion, that 
Jesus is Lord. He is the Messiah. He's resurrected and he's pouring out the Holy Spirit today. So there you have it. The first sermon preached in the story of Acts and in the developing church. And today we get to recount it, uh, though it was a message spoken to Israelite people in Jerusalem 2000 years ago. It is a relevant message and sermon for us here today. So naturally, the people that are listening, they've seen these signs and wonders, the incredible things happening as the Holy Spirit comes, and they've listened to the words of Peter, and they ask the question, so what should we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized for forgiveness of your sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And those that accepted the message, well, they were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 people were baptized and became a part of the church that was now forming in the name of Jesus. Wow, that gives you a magnitude of the crowd that was there, Mm -hmm. 3,000 people. One of the things Peter says to this crowd is that this is for you and for all who are far off. That, that this message of hope, of the resurrected mm-hmm. Jesus, of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is for you, but also for all those who will come after you and come to believe in Jesus. And so our invitation today, as we read through this, as we talk about it, is the same as the invitation was the day this was first um, spoken. Our invitation is to repent and to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and to receive the Holy Spirit. And I know that's not language that maybe you we, we hear often, this idea of repent and be baptized. But repent is simply to turn away from something and go in a different direction. So in this case, repent means to turn and t- go towards Jesus, to turn towards Jesus to turn towards him as your Lord. And baptism is a public confession, a public surrender to Jesus where, where the person being baptized declares, yes, Jesus is Lord and I surrender to him. I I am asking him to be Lord of my life. Yeah. And receive the Holy Spirit. So who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? And we won't go into a lot of detail here, um, but through scripture and the witness of the first century church, we have come to understand God, uh, who is one, yet is three. Uh, God, the Father or the Creator, the Creator, the Son, our Savior, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the sustainer in this world. And the promise here, this gift, this opportunity, is that God would dwell inside of us. That God, who once seemed far away, would actually dwell in us, Mm. that we could experience the love, the guidance, and the hope of God, the Creator, in our lives on a daily basis. And I love the imagery of the Hebrew and Greek terms uh, for spirit as we consider God indwelling us, the Holy Spirit indwelling us, the spirit, the breath of God. Mm would dwell inside of us, that he would be our breath, that he would be our life. That is so, so beautiful. So as we consider the breath of God, the presence of God, the spirit of God dwelling in us, how do we receive this gift? 
um, for, for some of us, this might be quite new. So how do we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit? I think first off, it's really important for us to recognize that the Holy Spirit is God. So the Holy Spirit is not something or someone we can control. Or so, so there's no specific formula. Oh, if you do this, then this is what the Holy Spirit will do. Like the Holy Spirit is God. Okay. So it's not something that, that we can control or it's also not something that we can, um, it's not someone we can approach with expectation as in I, this is what it'll look like. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit has to look like this. Like we're speaking of God, of a person. So how do we receive? the Holy Spirit in our life. I think our primary role in it is to intentionally open ourselves up to God, to intentionally ask God to dwell within us, to surrender ourselves and invite the Holy Spirit um, in, invite the Holy Spirit to speak and to act um, however the Holy Spirit wants to without specific expectation. You know, one of the things that has been powerful in my life is to intentionally um, ask the Spirit to, to speak and participate in different ways in my life. So maybe at times it's in silence and in sol solitude and say, God, Spirit, just please speak to me. Maybe sometimes it's in times of prayer, be that by myself or be that with others. Or sometimes it's when we're, we're listening to music or praising God or doing something creative and intentionally asking, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Would you guide me? Would you be present in this moment? Or going on walks or out in nature or in a conversation with friends. Or maybe it's in an act of obedience. Hey, I, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. Spirit, walk with me as I am obedient. Our, our main role in this is just to be intentionally open to God and be willing to listen to the Spirit and go where the Spirit leads. Yeah, so Peter's message on that day was this. Jesus, he rose from the dead. He and we have found new hope in him. And his invitation was repent. Turn away from your ways and turn into the ways of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Lean in to him. Be baptized. Receive the Holy Spirit and find all new direction in life. Experience transformation. And that is our invitation today, um, that we would turn towards Jesus. And if you have not yet received the Holy Spirit, if you have not yet been baptized, if you have not yet made that public declaration and commitment to Jesus, we want to invite you to. Mm -hmm. And during COVID, this is a strange season to be making these sorts of invitations, but this is not impossible. If you would like to be baptized, we invite you to reach out to us. And, and let's do that. In fact, I, I, I believe we have one member in the church who's mm -hmm. interested in being baptized, and, and, and maybe a few of us could meet at the river and, and make that declaration together. The invitation is this, though, uh, to all of us, uh, wherever we're at in our faith journey, God has invited us to walk with him. He has chosen to walk with us, that we would experience his life-giving hope, his comfort, mm -hmm. and his guide in our lives through the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. I invite you to pray with me over this. Dear God, we just thank you 
for this opportunity. Lord, we thank you for your invitation. We we sense, Lord, how you love us and how you are drawing us to you. God, we thank you for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for being present with us. I pray right now that you would teach us to surrender, teach us to be intentionally open to you, Lord. Teach us to be able to hear you and to be led by you. God, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So each week we've been passing along a song, something that we can use to go a little bit deeper on the the subject that uh, we talked about in the day. And today um, we're going to post a link to a song uh, called Fullness. It's by Elevation Worship. And we've done a couple songs by them in the Mm -hmm. past. Um, But this song is an invitation to know the fullness of God's eternal promise. Um, Mm -hmm. This is uh, their prayer that we would know fullness found in the Holy Spirit. It's our prayer for you. We pray that you guys have a beautiful week. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone.